Have you given keynotes in recent times? Keynotes are your opportunity to stand up on stage, perhaps at some event, and deliver a message which comes just from you. It doesn't just establish your credibility, but can lead to profitability. Not all keynote speakers, though, do a good job of using their skills, that opportunity on stage, to generate leads. But this is the name of the game. One of the reasons that people often give talks is to generate that curiosity and have people then think of you when they're thinking of something that they need to solve, perhaps, in their organization. My guest today is Diana Chen, and Diana, like me, has been a speaker on stage. Diana is a trainer, an executive career coach, and her brand is called My Marketability. And just like Diana, when I've given talks publicly, either at private events or public corporate events, almost inevitably someone comes up, asks me a question, or refers me to someone else who needs something that I've talked about. Diana is recognized this year in 2022 as LinkedIn's top voice for careers and job search. And if you're on LinkedIn and look at those kinds of videos, you'll see that Diana's content comes up all the time. Really, really enjoyable chat today. We're going to cover things like how to know your audience for your keynotes, ways to differentiate your unique value from other speakers, and how, of course, to establish your authority and credibility, which is what keynote speeches do. But then, secret ingredient is to convert this into profitability. This is the Training Business Podcast. Hey, and welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week, we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett-Hayes. Hey, welcome to the show. This is the Training Business Podcast. My name is Mark. I'm the privileged host of this show, and it's the weekly show for self-employed consultants, trainers, coaches, people like you and me all around the world. And the focus of this episode, in fact, every episode, is to help you to make money, programs, workshops, courses, books, keynotes, whatever that thing is that you convert your knowledge and experience into. We like to have guests on the show that share their journey, how they've done that, taking their experience and knowledge and converting them into paid products and services or paid for products and services. I'm self-employed. I have a small business. I have written a book on coaching and training and Therefore, I like to think of myself as knowledgeable in this industry. That said, I've gotten lots of things wrong over the years. And therefore, what I like to do is to share people's stories, the good and the bad, with you every single Thursday. If you've not yet subscribed, now is your opportunity to simply click on follow or subscribe to be notified of episodes as they come out. Dinah, hi, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Mark. So let's start with what, what you currently do. If people think of Diana Chen, what comes to mind? Absolutely. So I'm a speaker, coach, and trainer where I specialize in helping people differentiate, stand out, get hired, and earn more. Okay. Um, and as we said, or you said before recording, before I click recording, you work a lot with B2C. Is that right? 
That's correct. So one of my specialties is really helping people who are in career transition, experience level professionals, leaders, and executives who are trying to figure out what's next, whether it's pivoting to a new industry, a new role, starting their own business. They're not sure how to do that or reach a next level. So a lot of my work is one is helping to get clear on what's next, but then it's how do I position myself for success? So really it's around how to brand, market, and sell yourself effectively. Okay. Let's go back a couple of years or as far back as you want to go. Um, This was not overnight. So these days you've got your courses, you've got programs. How did you go from, I suppose, like the rest of us as, as mere mortals to becoming this person with all of these things, these products and programs that you sell? Yeah, absolutely. So I started my business uh, over a decade ago, back in 2011. And prior to that, I worked in corporate for over eight years, where I worked in a variety of roles in training development, operations, marketing, change management. I was also in management consulting. And so I had a variety of roles that I worked in. And I always knew that I want to do something related to impacting people. So I went on a whole soul-searching, personal transformational journey during my time when I was working in corporate because I felt like there was this lack of fulfillment or something that I felt like there's something more for me in terms of really what I'm really meant to do in in this life there. So I I went through that whole personal transformational journey. And uh, back in essentially 2011, I actually pivoted my career from consulting to um, recruiting, and oh. I actually lost lost my job uh, actually in 2011, and that was actually the springboard to starting my business in January 2011. And at that time, a lot of people already started coming to me for expertise because I worked in uh, recruiting. People would oftentimes come to me and ask for advice. Mm-hmm. And so when I started my business in January 2011... A month later, I was also hired as the first and only recruiter here in Google Canada and helping them double their office size here in Canada, specializing in recruiting for digital uh, sales roles. So account executives, head of sales, account managers, and so forth. Mm-hmm. And that role was also really a springboard to my business because that role was all about how do I find the top 2% of the talent in the marketplace? And that year was where I started getting a lot of speaking opportunities, speaking at different professional associations, nonprofits as a speaker, because I've always had this dream of becoming a speaker. And so that was a year where I did over like 50 talks while working also as a full-time role at Google as a recruiter and starting my business as a coach. Yeah. I was about to ask you that. Did I hear you correctly? You were basically starting this business at the same time as you were running this uh, or in this position in Google. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That that must've been challenging. Yeah. So when I started, I was like, I'm going to go full-time my business. And then the way I looked at it was, okay, well, an opportunity was presented to me, a one-year contract to recruit for like the top talent. And so I did that along with my speaking and coaching on the side. And then a year later, essentially one year after the contract was, was over, I had to also make a decision. Do I start another full-time job, which I got an offer with LinkedIn as a relationship manager in sales, or do I go full-time as an entrepreneur, as a coach and speaker? And for me, it was really listening to my heart. And I knew that I really wanted to really impact more people through my voice and message and and teachings. So you said 50 keynotes approximately in one year. How did you get those keynotes? Yeah. So a lot of it was also getting myself out there, really putting myself out there, volunteering. 
attending different networking events, talking to people. So I started uh, speaking at different universities, for example, different student clubs, different professional associations, such as um, there's the, the the an organization called like NAP or PMP, um, the Professional Management Associations, PEO, Professional Engineers Ontario. I did a lot of talks uh, for them. And just through that, you build your reputation, uh, which is what part of my talk today is about building your authority and credibility, just really putting yourself out there. And through speaking, that was part of my funnel in really building my one-on-one coaching business. Because when you speak, you speak to one to many, like hundreds of people. And I knew from experience, every time I spoke to at least a hundred people, I would get leads to my coaching business there. It's interesting if you just use the word leads and um, and funnel. And I, th- I think that's something which sometimes is a difficult hurdle for people in terms of their mindset, moving from a full-time employee role to now thinking of uh, themselves as a business owner, where they start thinking of the things I'm doing, not just being time, but leading to something in the future, meaning that they lead to a, a lead. Uh, and that lead is part of a funnel. In other words, a system of uh, potential opportunities. What was it like for you making that shift from working as uh, part of a machine at Google to now working for yourself where you're wearing all these hats, you're thinking about your your products, but also thinking about how to sell them and get leads into a funnel? Yeah, that's a great question. So I would say definitely when it requires a shift in our mindset and a way of operating on a day-to-day basis, right? Going from an employee where you really just focus on like the core job, being a business owner, you wear multiple hats as a coach, as a speaker, but also being someone in, in business development and marketing and sales. And so for me, I really have dedicated days or dedicated time. And when I'm in coaching mode or when I'm in sales call mode or when I'm in content creation uh, mode. Okay. So if people are hiring you these days, what kinds of organizations, what kinds of clients need Diana Chan and why? Mm-hmm. Great question. So say there's there's two parts. There's the, the B2C part, which is really, uh, I call it people who are the professionals, leaders, executives, so those in career transition who are trying to figure out what's next and want to make a change. So they could either be working the same company for a long time and don't know how to make that change, or they recently lost uh, their job and need help with that. And then there's a B2B side, which is really the organizations through my speaking and training who hire me to come uh, help people, uh, to come their help, um, hire me to help their employees to level up their skills and confidence. So some of the talks I talk about is how to pitch and present yourself with confidence, how to differentiate your brand, how to um, speak with greater presence or an executive presence on camera. So those are some of the topics. And what I love about this is that at the end of the day, a big part of my work is about helping people owning their greatness with confidence to shine. That's really what my tagline is, how to own your own strengths, your own value, your own uniqueness, so that you can make a greater impact in this world. And in terms of having the confidence to price something like this, properly so people take you seriously. Had you any doubts ever in your mind about, good, great, can I charge this kind of money for a corporate client? Um, Because many people I talk to say, often that's the sticky part is, you know, I take uh, a paycheck every month and now I've got to think think of a a price tag that um, justifies my expertise and my time. Was that the challenge for you at any point? Yeah, absolutely. At the beginning, for sure. Absolutely. I remember actually taking a course called Millionaire Mind Intensive, and it was a decade ago to really shift my mindset of how I saw money there. And so 
I think definitely for sure. When you're going from an employee, we're looking at maybe like your your hour, hourly rate, right? Mm-hmm. And when you're being a business owner, a coach, for me, I've really looked at it from a pricing standpoint of looking, what's the value that I'm delivering, the value that I'm creating for someone versus just my hourly rate. So even the way mm-hmm. I priced my packages, especially with my coaching packages, I don't just look at it from an hourly rate perspective. I look at it from a total whole holistic perspective of the end-to-end offering that I'm providing from mm. the work we do as career clarity to actually salary negotiation and really looking at it from also the transformation that I'm providing. And one of the business coaches asked me a couple of years ago was how much value I'm creating in terms of helping people to increase even their uh, bottom line salary. And when I actually worked out that number, it was millions of dollars. I was like, oh my goodness, <laughs> this really justified the value, the price that I charge in my programs because I'm not only helping them get a job, but I'm getting them a better job where they're making more money and they're feeling more confident as well. So that really changed my perspective of looking at the value that I'm creating uh, so for people to see how I can really serve them. So if I'm um, interested in working with you, uh, what kinds of products, programs, things do you, do you sell? Uh, because mm-hmm. the people I speak to sometimes say, well, I do keynotes. I have a couple of seminars. I have a couple of books. I've got these online courses. And then I do these face-to-face workshops. What is, what is, your, what is your library of, of products that people can buy? That's a great question. So I would say my, my primary one has been my coaching. Uh, programs, mm-hmm. so my one-on-one coaching programs, where, where I have the executive one-on-one coaching program and the the mid-level called my Top Talent Academy coaching uh, program. So the way how I uh, package it is through a combination of one-on-one coaching time with me of like twenty-minute, forty-five-minute sessions, plus like email and text messaging support. Plus, I also include mm-hmm. my online courses where. Beyond just the time with me, they can also get access to my training, which is a house of over like 10 hours of training content, like six courses at least that I have, that they have a membership uh, program to there. And then I also, from time to time, offer group sessions with my one-on-one clients. So that has done, performed really well over the years for me. The way I have really differentiated is that I've really specialized in working with more experienced level, uh, high achieving professionals. So people who already have a strong track record of of success and they've done really well at their companies, haven't really left their job in years and not sure what to do. So that's how I really differentiated myself and also bringing in my expertise as a former recruiter of how to sell yourself effectively. Like what are some of the red flags to employers? That's how I've really been able to, to differentiate. Uh, so that's my core part of my program for coaching. And then my okay. other part of the program through or offering is through speaking, speaking and training. So this is where I have my keynotes, my workshops, webinars, type of talks, um, or longer type of version type of talks. Majority of time, I'd say most of the organizations will bring me in for a, a 90 minute or 60 minute uh, a training, a workshop there. Right. That sounds quite brief. Have you noticed... Um a decrease in the amount of time that organizations want you or someone like me or people listening to this on site uh, following COVID? I've, I've noticed, I would say, because a lot of it, it's virtual, that, that from a timing perspective, the ideal sweet spot is between that 60-minute to 90-minute mm. sweet spot. So no, no, no longer than that as much compared to like the half-day workshops. I think anywhere in that short and sweet, um, if anything, like one of the examples is like my, uh, this year, I've done five talks for the UN for the Food and Agriculture Organization. They brought me back five times. So the first talk wow. 
was a pro bono talk for International Women's Day on presenting with confidence. So that was like a one hour talk. They loved it. Over 300 people attended. A month later, it was a, uh, gave another talk on how to build trust and rapport in interviews. So I did that again. And they, this time they paid me for it. And then fast forward this summer, they decided to hire, hire me back for three times. So a series of workshop, 90 minutes each, um, once a month on personal branding, LinkedIn, and networking. So I love that. Instead of doing it all in one day of these three topics, which could be very um, exhausting, I would say, for the speaker and for the attendees, I love that they actually spread it out over the course of two to three months there. And so people were really building this momentum month after month. And we have a huge audience of over three, 400 people uh, attending each time. So I have to ask you, how did you get a gig like the UN? That's really impressive. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. So it was actually through one of my clients, one of my one-on-one coaching clients where I did amazing work with her through interview coaching. She loved that she got some amazing results where she got a new role back to the head office um, in Rome and made a switch from finance to, um, to risk management. So she was just a big, big fan of my works. And she really advocated for me in, in the new year of just really recommending me to, to HR and the learning team. And to what extent would you say referrals are a large part of your business? Uh, some people I say, that ask the question of, they say, well, yeah, 50-50. But some people say, no, without referrals, I don't eat. Referrals is definitely important because I've been in business for over 10 years now. I do get a lot of mm. referral business. However, I also mm. get a lot of business through social media on LinkedIn. Okay. Uh, that's also been a big, I would say, in terms of lead generation for me is actually through being active on social media there. How active are you on social media, particularly LinkedIn? I'm I'm on LinkedIn every single day. I post right. content every single day, a combination of storytelling and value-added type of posts. Okay. How do you plan that content? Because that sounds like a lot of work. If you say every single day, I presume that means seven days a week, is it? Seven days a week? <laughs> Typically Monday, Friday. Saturday, okay. Sundays are more my personal type of uh, posts there. So the way I think of content creation. So let me share a little bit of content creation. Okay. I mean, when you're first starting out, you you may not have a plan, you just post whatever. But if you're really serious about being a content creator and using it as a way to generate leads and to build your brand and authority, you definitely need to have some sort of strategy and plan. So for me, going back to knowing my own brand and what I stand for is I'm all about empowerment, empowering people. And I want to be known for helping people reach their next uh, level there. And so the way I think about content is I really think about my audience. What do they want? What do they care about? What are their pain points? So I really map that out. And then from there, I think about theme months. So this month, what is the theme? So for example, in the fall, in September, Back to school, I know it's usually a time in the fall where people are also looking for a new job. So I may have some more content around that, thinking of making a change, what's next type of content. And then I know around October, November time is when people are busier with interviews because more people come to me for interview coaching. Then I'll start to have a series of interview tips type of content. So for example, right now I have um, these interview reels, which are like six or seven videos I created back in the summer that I'm publishing it on a weekly basis right now with these interview tips. So I just posted one today on how to buy yourself time in an interview and it's performing really well on my my Instagram as well. I didn't expect that. Okay. So you have a home studio, right? Um, I do. Right. And do you, do you film there or do you film in other locations as well? Yeah. Everything's my home office. Everything is all set up in my home uh, office space here. 
And do you get any help with editing that? Or do you prefer to do this just off yourself? So I DIY'd everything a lot on my own for the longest mm-hmm. time. I hired virtual assistants um, before in 2013 and 2016. And then this year, I also hired another assistant again earlier in the year who has started to also help me with editing some of my long form videos because I do a lot of 60, 90 minute trainings where I ask my VA to repurpose my content. So making video mm-hmm. snippets. So think of one to three minute type of videos I can repost on um, my social media that has been a game changer or using my pre-recorded content to create carousel posts. So think of like PDF type of posts with a series of pages. So transcribing it and reposting it there. So because of having that help, I've been able to really double down on my content production, like producing and publishing. When I was DIYing it myself, I was only doing like one post a day, but now I can actually do two or three a day if I need to, or at least have months of content planned. So to give you an idea, just a little storytelling here. Back in August, I took three weeks off. I went to Paris and Mexico for a family vacation. So I was gone for three weeks. And so I delegated um, to my VA to really help me schedule my content to post on my behalf. And because he's been working for me for at least five months, I really trusted him. And I gave him access to also my social media. Um, Now, obviously, I approved all the content. I would review everything that he's produced. I would review and approve everything before he would publish it there. But because of that um, exercise I did of delegating, I've been able to have at least the last three months of content nonstop. of content right now producing just because I've delegated a lot of content of repurposing there. So content repurposing is a huge, huge strategy, I would say, especially for those who are speakers, trainers, where you have a lot of recorded content that's really long, you can take snippets of it and repurpose it out. Right. And and that for many people is onerous. It's this dreaded feeling of having to get up and type something. What you've just described as a system with the assistance of other people can become a stream of of content which gets if i if i said to you take away your content tomorrow morning would would you think your your business would struggle to get more leads would it struggle hmm, that's a good question well mm-hmm. i would still like believe i'll get my referral business i still have right. a referral business but i would say from a feasibility obviously we've gone down yeah and the credibility you've gone down you know what? It's interesting the question you asked because I was I was talking to actually some other people the other day who have no social media presence, but have a side hustle, even though being in a full time job and they have no social media presence and they can still make six figures. Really? So I do believe I do believe that there for those that say if you are in a business that let's say if you only need let's say a couple clients a year because it's a side hustle, you don't necessarily need to have social media. However, if you want to have these ongoing leads in terms of really building a brand, building your authority, really having the ongoing new clients, then you do really need to think of a marketing and social media type of strategy there. Right. So before we click record, you mentioned the fact that um, your, your intention is to move away from B to C and more B to B. 
right? More, more corporate. Why? I've got some ideas as to why that might be, but I'd love to hear them from you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm glad. This is actually really my first time really opening up and sharing this story because I, I've been a coach for over 10 years now, like since 2011. And so I love the work. I really get to make transformational impact and helping people. Like I get to know my clients really, really well. And for me, I've always had this dream of being a global international speaker, like really impacting millions of people. So think of like the Tony Robbins, like I've taken his training. I know how powerful, transformational and impactful it is. And so I see myself doing more of that. I've always wanted to do that. And I would say that I've been, even though I've been doing speaking over the years, but now I'm the stage where I really want to take it to the next level. Meaning I want to take really more that international level, like speaking for companies like the UN, Fortune 500 uh, companies. Mm. And really, I would say a big part of it is having a bigger reach, bigger impact. That that's really what big, big part of the driver is why I want to make mm-hmm. that a switch. And the other thing is really challenging myself, right? Because I've been really in this one-on-one zone for a long time. I really want to challenge myself further being a speaker and trainer because it does require a different type of planning and thinking in order to really connect with a larger audience. How do you think you'll get there then? I'm curious as to what your initial roadmap looks like, because it sounds very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I mean, things are already in motion this year, right? I started sharing with people that I want to do more speaking. So part of it is sharing with my clients that I want to do more speaking so that they can refer me in. I feel like that is one of the easiest way to start in terms of getting uh, opportunities is letting people you know who can help you to also endorse you and advocate for you. That's that's one piece. Second is I refreshed my entire speaking page. Like I really elevated this summer. So a brand new page, I made an announcement about a couple of weeks ago on my LinkedIn and that had got a lot of great engagement from it and started getting more people in actually companies inquiring for my speaking services there or having other fellow coaches or peers referring me to uh, other opportunities. The third way is really proactively reaching out, like having my list of target organizations that I want to speak at or different these ERG employee resource groups that I want to speak at there. Um, for example, like in a couple of weeks, I'm going to attend a HR event here locally here in Toronto to meet with more HR leaders because those are the people I've been dealing with to um, negotiate speaking opportunities there, negotiating those contracts. So meeting more people who are the decision makers who do the hiring would definitely help there. Yeah, there really is no substitution for getting out and pressing the flesh, isn't there? I think uh, many people relish now with COVID almost behind us, getting out there and meeting people and just having people hear us on stage, giving a talk in a forum, uh, in an expert group. There's just nothing like that. And I can say hand on heart, the number of times I've come off stage, people have said to me, love what you said. I wonder if you'd X. And that just leads to a next conversation. It's really powerful. You, let's end with with um, three tips, which you've very kindly given us today, which is the following. First of all, you say, know your audience. Uh, two, differentiate your unique value. And three, establish your authority and credibility. So why do you say know your audience, first of all? Yeah, that that's a very important. Knowing your audience, it's really about really understanding who do you serve? Who are your ideal clients? What are their pain points? What do they care about? Why should they hire you? Like taking time to do this exercise will really help you think about tailored content, tailored messaging for your offerings and solutions that you have. So I, I do this multiple times, like every year or so, I will actually do this exercise because it really 
help me think from their perspective, help me use their language. When um, and this is why I love doing sales calls because I, you know, Mark, I know you do a lot of sales coaching. I I get on like five sales calls uh, a week, and by doing that, I'm speaking to my potential clients. I'm really listening to them, like. What are your challenges? What are your struggles? Uh, what's not working? Uh, what are your goals? How can I help you? And I, I write this down. I have a book that I write it down and I review this. Like, what are the language they're using? So that when it comes to creating my sales pages or my newsletter or my content, I will use that language in there. So it sounds like I'm really talking to that one person. That's brilliant. Yeah. So to me, that is really important. This is all of, also when I teach my clients, like even job searching as well, or looking to advance their career, is really understand what do employers care about? What are their pain points? What are their hiring requirements? What are the must-have qualifications or the um, or the preferred qualifications? And when you understand that, your cover letter, your pitch message, your resume, your LinkedIn profile you can really tailor it to them and they're going to feel like you're really speaking to them there. So to me, that's that's a key part. Like If you really want to elevate that credibility and showcasing that you understand what you're talking about, that exercise is really, really uh, important there. So for me, this is why part of why I love one-on-one coaching is because I'm really speaking to my ideal audience. And through that, I get a lot of inspiration and ideas there. You can hear about the language when, when you use their terms back to them. It's almost like you're inside their head. You sound like someone else that you've coached before because, well, you do. Um, and I know when I've interviewed people, um, even in preparation for a book I published this year, I listened to the interviews and I was able to think, oh my goodness, there's gold there. That's the term they use to describe this conundrum. This yeah. Situation. Yeah. I should be using that in my copy. It's so important. Your second one is differentiate your unique value, trying to stand out from other people who do presentation skills or do sales coaching or do interview coaching or whatever that thing is. What does that mean to you, differentiate your unique value? Yeah, differentiating your unique value, Like this is really all about how to stand out. So this is all about really thinking about what makes you unique, what makes you marketable, What's really your area of expertise? What do you bring to the the table? What do you do better than anyone else? So really taking that time to conduct that exercise. So really think about like, hey, what are my knowledge, skills, and experience? Like that's going to help you really understand, okay, what's that core area of uh, expertise that you have? And then really think about like, what's your track record of success? Like what what are you really good at doing that's so good that makes you unique? Right. And then from there, really thinking about how do I really amplify that? So as an example, like for me, the way I really differentiated as a career coach over the years is I really had the fact that I was a former recruiter for a top MBA school and for top organizations and as an agency recruiter. So I've seen millions of LinkedIn profiles, thousands of uh, resumes, and conducted thousands of interviews. So for me, I can tell clients that I know what employers are thinking about. Uh, not only can I help you get clear of what you want, but I can also help you position you for success and really master your messages and communicate with confidence. So when you're able to dial in on that and get really specific on that, the people who really want that will be like, okay, you understand how you can really help me get to that goal there. So mm-hmm. getting clear on that's going to really help you hone in on that. One of the things I love to do is really coming up with your soundbite messages. So I'm really big on marketing soundbites such as Master your messages, communicate with confidence, differentiate as top talent, stand out, get hired, earn more. These are some of my taglines that I come up with over the years. And that's really helped me be consistent with my messaging as well there. 
So that's all about differentiating your unique value. I also think of unique differentiating your unique value, not only from an expertise, but also from a packaging standpoint. Okay. So think about back to ties back to personal branding here mm-hmm. is how do you want to show up on social media or when you're speaking and training? So really think of that whole packaging piece in terms of, let's say, if you have a brand color that you have it for me, like I love the color blue. So I have a lot of blue coloring in a lot of my marketing materials or the way I show up as well. Um, or really also think about your tone of voice of what you want to be known for, remember for. I know for me, I want to have that motivational, positive, empowering tone. So the way I deliver my content or speaking will have that vibe as well. So this is what branding is about, is thinking how how do you want people to remember you as part of your differentiation? And the way I describe it, personal branding is all like, like wedding, wedding planning. How do you want people to experience you? Right. And that's what differentiation is about. How do you want them to remember you? So one of my last points is about establishing your authority and credibility. And the reason why this is important is all about being known, being seen, and being heard of what you want to be known for. And so what I mean by that is that, yes, you may have this expertise, but do people know you? And the way to really be known, part of it is really increasing your visibility. And so this is where being active on social media will really help you amplify this credibility. So for me, I'm all about really sharing value-added content, sharing like how-to tips and advice, common mistakes people make, how to fix that, three steps to do this. And by doing that, you're really building that credibility over time and the authority. And, And because of that, people will then share your content or they'll think about you there. Beyond the how-to content, I also want to encourage people to think about sharing your own story. I found that last year when I started really sharing my own story of how I moved to Canada on my own when I was 16 and how to overcome all these challenges, it really helped me become more relatable to people. And I started doing more of the storytelling. And I believe that's what's also led me to uh, uh, receiving LinkedIn Top Voice uh, Award this year as well, because it's a balance between... Uh, value-added content of expertise, but also showing that vulnerability and authenticity of who you are. So tell your own story, tell your own journey of like how I made the pivot as well from corporate to entrepreneurship, or even right now I'm sharing on LinkedIn of how I want to do more global speaking, international speaking, because that also showcases like you're, you're human, that you have goals, that you have desires, that you have dreams, and that you're also reaching out for help as well. So having that balance to help build that credibility and authority there. Brilliant. Uh, you, you've given so much this evening. You've been so hyper generous. I really, really appreciate that. Uh, we've covered loads, far more than I intended to, Diana. Um, where can people find out more about you? Yeah, absolutely. So you can visit me on my website at mymarkability.com. You can also opt in to my website to get more ongoing tips through my newsletter, or you can follow me on LinkedIn at Diana YK Chan. Uh, That's where I share daily updates on posts related to career advancement, motivation, and confidence there. And then also for more behind the scene updates and like more of my Instagram reels tips, you can go to my Instagram at Diana YK Chan. And then for longer form content, my YouTube channel at Diana YK Chan, where you can also find my uh, live streams that I host every two uh, weeks there. Give me your uh, website address one more time. It's mymarkability.com. So M-Y-M-A-R-K-E-T-A-B-I-L-I-T-Y.com. Great name, mymarketability.com. Fantastic. Diana, thank you so much again for being my guest today on, on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Mark. 
My sincere thanks to Diana for being my guest today on the show. And you can check out Diana over at My Marketability. And you'll find all links mentioned in this week's episode over at trainingbusiness.com. That said, you'll find all episodes past, present, and future on your podcast platform of choice, whether it's Apple or iHeartRadio or Spotify or Stitcher or something else. Now, I'm sure you've enjoyed this week's episode. If you've got some suggestions for guests or topics that you'd like to have on the show, then please drop me a line. Even if you have a question, then drop me a line too. My email address is mark at trainingbusiness.com. My team, Sam, Joe, James, Turul, and I always appreciate your feedback, your loyalty, and your listenership. So please tell other people about the show and come back again next week. There is, of course, a fresh episode. First thing, Thursday, every single Thursday, as there will be throughout 2023, which will be the fifth year of the podcast. But until then, have a great party celebration, whatever you're doing for this time of year. And I'll see you in the new year. once more for listening to this episode of the trainingbusiness.com podcast. See you next time.